Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. So the quarterfinals will be Australia versus Lebanon, New Zealand versus Fiji, Tonga versus Samoa, England most likely versus PNG. By the time you watch this, you'll pr- we'll yeah, probably we'll, we'll have know a result. by the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, it's probably going to be PNG. It'd be one. It'd be one of the biggest losses probably ever for them if they don't win this game to get into the the quarterfinals. Anyway, so New Zealand versus Ireland, forty-eight uh, ten. This for me, uh, Jerome Hughes. Wow. Wow, absolutely amazing. Uh, just watching Jerome Hughes, I'm like, I don't think we've seen the best of him. Like, I, I think there's still more to come. We just forget. We're talking about a kid in his third year of seven. Think about that. His third year of seven or, you know, three and a half or whatever. I'm sure someone has the frigging days and hours and minutes in the comment section. Um, we're talking about a guy <laughs> absolutely killing it at seven in his first game back uh, roughly three years playing the seven role. I don't think we've seen the best of Jerome Hughes. I think that I would go like, okay, look, there's Cleary and Cleary is alone for sure, for sure. But when it comes to a running game for a seven, I don't know. I think Hughes is probably number one when it comes to running game. Like, And I think that, you know, let's say Cleary plays his best game of footy and Hughes plays his best game of footy. I don't think the gap is as big as a lot of people think. Now, to be, you know, we're talking about the back-to-back premiership. We're talking about a guy that's like, like, akin to goat status for that age when it comes to stats. But when when they both play their best, although I still think Cleary is the number one half, I, I I truly believe the gap between them is nowhere near as most people would go. Are you serious? It's not even close. I don't think it's as big as people think. What do you reckon, Garrett? Oh, I think that the halfback that is most likely to outplay Nathan Cleary on any given day is without a doubt Jerome Hughes. And I don't think there's any doubting that. And I think, yeah, you know, as much as this game was against Ireland, we're, we're well and truly aware of that. He's been doing this for years. When when he comes off that right foot, shut the gate. It's over. Mm. If, if he comes off his right foot 20 metres out, it's done. He's going <laughs> to score every day of the week. And you got to remember for Hughesy too, this is his first game in, what, six, seven weeks? I mean, he, he's been out for quite some time. And to come back in that fashion, uh, very impressive. I... 
obviously a Kangaroos fan, um, and if we could play the Kiwis eventually without Jerome Hughes, I'd be stoked. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, in regards to, oh, they just played Ireland, it's like, all right, you show me another halfback that did that against any of those shit teams, what he did when it in, comes to running yeah. game. First up, yeah. On their first game. No one did. No one did. So I understand it's not a, a strong opposition, but uh, newsflash, every big team has played not strong opposition, and I don't think any seven has had that good of a running game, especially the first half. Um, so really exciting, and it's exciting for uh, for New Zealand. You've got this, like, gun seven that's one of the best in the comp, top three. Then you've got a young six uh, in regards to Dylan Brown, who's, what, 22 it's super exciting. You've got foreign teeth like leading them in regards to off the field. It's super exciting. In saying all that with that positive stuff, I will say I was a little bit disappointed with New Zealand as a whole. I thought they looked a bit clunky, which is understandable. It's Hughes' first game. Um, I thought Dylan Brown was uh, struggling a little bit to get used to the timing of a guy like Hughes because he's probably so used to a guy like Moses, who is a very different player. Um, now, I think the Irish had a very specific game plan of just rushing up. And usually when you've got a game plan of like rushing up, if you're in a club side and you've played together so long, you immediately recognize it. You go, okay, we, we know what's happening here. Let's change the, the, the uh, our rhythm. Let's change our spacing. Let's change the distance between us and them. And then we'll, we'll uh, be able to score, you know, in regards to kicks in behind, hitting short lines, quick play the balls. I just think because New Zealand, although they were a little bit disappointing and they were a little bit clunky, I think it's understandable because they've got two new halves playing together. Um, you know, so although it is, although a little bit clunky, understandably. What do you think of the game, Guru? Yeah, mate, I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, New Zealand, they, they got the job done. I agree with you. I, I, I wasn't overly stoked with their performance, and I don't think they would be either. But as you said, Hughes' first game. Have him and Dylan Brown played together before? Did they, they play a test at the start of the year, Matty? Oh, Google it. Yeah. Yeah, like, yes, uh, they played once. They beat Connor. Sweet. So yeah. one, one, one game, yeah. the first time they've played together in X amount of time. So uh, a little bit clunky. <laughs> and, like, I mean, it's also not anywhere near their full-strength side. I don't think Nakora he'll be playing in the centres. I don't think that uh, Nelson will be starting on an edge so still plenty of changes you've also got I think we all forget Brandon Smith as, much, as good as he is he's still learning the position that he's playing at the end of the day so uh, as always is the way with these Kiwi sides you, you're crazy to judge them on the group stages you judge them on their last two weeks because that's when they tend to play their best footy yeah and also uh, you know one big <laughs> glaring problem is the goal kicking holy shit yeah. um, you know if they can if they convert all their goals, it's probably about 60, 60 points. Um, but I guess, yeah, I wanted to talk. Uh, we'll talk about Hargreaves first, then we'll talk about the goal kicking. The Hargreaves comes up, sent 10 in the bin uh, for half time when he's high tackle on Ireland prop. I'll be honest here. I thought the commentators were a bit dramatic about this. I Okay, I'm happy to be wrong. Maybe I'm too old school. I, I don't know. And, I, and I'm not some, saying like, oh, yeah, I love it when they used to drop elbows and head. Rara. I'm not at all. Guess it was a head high. Yes, I'm happy with 10 in the bin. But I kind of felt like it bounced up off the ball and it was just an aggressive tackle that went wrong. And I kind of feel like the fact that it was Hargreaves because he's you know got the form made it even more dramatic than if it was another forward that you know made that tackle. Uh, to be clear, yes, it was a head high. Yes, it was 10 in the bin. But I don't know. It seemed, I personally was like, are we? Like he was talking about swinging arms in that. And I was like, like, 
I didn't see a swinging arm. I saw a bloke trying to wrap a player up. Like, and again, I'm happy to say I'm incorrect in regards to it was a swinging arm or whatever, but I thought he was trying to wrap the ball up. I didn't see a swinging arm. His shoulder and, and arm were swinging at the same time. Am I, am I crazy here? Am I being guru? Or did you think it was pretty bad? No, I didn't think it was bad as what they carried on with. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, once you get this tag in rugby league, fuck, it's hard to shake. And Jared is just one of those guys. Unfortunately, it's not fair, but... I mean, they're always going to go after him. If that was a winger that made that tackle, (laughs) very different conversation, I think. Well, what's crazy is like it wasn't as bad, but one of the Irish players did a head high, and it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad. But then they were like, oh, that's part of his game. That's what makes him so great is because he's so passionate. And then like you heard the commentator catch himself, and he's like, yeah, similar to Hargreaves. You know, he's just got to rein it in a little bit. And it's like, bruh. Like, and, and when I'm watching, I'm like, you know what? Maybe when people hear Australian commentators, we're super biased. So... I don't know, but it did seem like I don't. I, I personally thought, yep, ten in the bin. Yep, a, a week should be good, in my opinion. Um, Timmy, what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm with you, boys. I think there was a little bit too much chaos on that one. It was definitely a reputational based thing with Jabari Hargraves. He, as Guru mentioned, if it's a squeaky clean, pl- clean player with a, a better image, uh, when I say better image, you know, a better judiciary record and not being known for being such a ruthless player on field, there's no way the carry on is as much as it was. So, tending to be in, move on, get over it. <laughs> it got called a dog shot. I was yeah. like, what? How's that a dog shot? Like, what are we talking about here? Um, yeah, and look, look, I know that people are, there's, uh, you know, some people that are very passionately anti Hargreaves, and, and that's understandable. He he does go, he crosses the line. It was wrong. He's got crazy form. It was his first game back from suspension, if I recall correctly. So gr- I'm granting all that. I'm granting all that. There's, I'm not saying he's saying he's some unfairly maligned player, but when you look at the tackle, it wasn't as, I personally don't think it was as bad as some people were, were saying. Um, but, let, let us know in your thoughts in the comments section. Do you think that it was a bit worse than what we're making out? Or do you think that, um, you know, maybe it was because of the fact that he does have a tendency to do it quite regularly that made it a little bit worse? Um, now, the kicking, this is interesting. This is because, like, when it's fine to do this in the group stages, but do you think this may be a selection error from Michael Maguire that they don't have a kicker currently? Or am I not remembering a kicker that's going to come back in and be able to kick? Mate, I was just having a look through the squad myself, and there isn't really a standout kicker, especially in in, in this eighteen they've got here. Matty, is, can you have a look at the extended squad to see? But I, I honestly oh, don't think there is, man. Yeah. I, I went through it when I was watching. I don't think there is. And I mean, who, who kicked the other night? Jordan Rapana kicked the other night. I mean, Timmy, is he in Brown, the top? Bloody. He's just, ordinary, mate. He, like, but like, he's not I, in the top three Canberra kickers. I absolutely love Jordan Rapana, but the man was not uh, put on a footy field to kick goals. Granted, you know. He's kicking for his country, so he's doing something right. Yeah. But when we look at coming up in what's likely to probably be a semi-final clash with Australia, with Nathan Cleary kicking on one side and, say, Jordan Rapana or Dylan Brown kicking on the other side, you're essentially giving away a four- to six-point start against Australia, which is just, you know, you're starting on the back foot big time. So I'm just trying to think, is there anyone that could have been selected in the squad the entire squad for their goal kicking. I'm trying to go through the options, but it's not well, a lot. Jordan Rapana kicked in their mid-season game as well. So, I mean, they've had a bit mm. of time to think about this and they haven't been able to come up with any. And I, I don't know if there's just no options out there. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I, I think it could be surely, costly at some point. I mean, surely, and, and this is hard because he's, he's an international coach and he, maybe he did do this, so I apologize if he did, but surely you're reaching out to the key guys and going, mate, I need you to be, begin practice kicking immediately. 
so that when we get to the World Cup, you're ready to go. Um, and maybe he did reach out and do that. Like, for example, so Jordan Rapana started and then Dylan Brown took over. And, boys, you know I love Dylan Brown. I love him more <laughs> than – I mean, he's the coolest man in all the land. But uh, coolness doesn't get the ball over the post, unfortunately. Um, he wasn't the best. And he was – and, like, the, then he was getting kind of heckle and they were cheering when he did get one. Um, yeah, it's it's a real concern. It's a real concern because – you know, Australia, they're, they are, they're not going to allow a blowout score against... I mean, maybe they will, and New Zealand will be one of the great victories, but I don't think Australia is going to allow a blowout to happen, and it really could be a four- to six-point difference, and that could be that could be the game. That really could. That's how closely these two squads are aligned. Um, just on that, Kempi, I was just else? having a look back to their last games they played in 2019. They had two goal kickers during that year. Isan Masters was one of them. The other one was Jermaine Osako, yeah. who neither guys you probably want to pick in your 17, but, geez, I, I can definitely talk for Jermaine Osako. He's definitely going to strike a ball better than Jordan Rapana, but I definitely want Rapana in my side more. I think they're in a, a tough spot as far as that goes. Yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting, I think. It's one of those things that if you can keep like a system for a long period of time as an international coach, you can start implementing picking certain players that are going to be key players and get them to start practicing at training in that. Mm. Um, anyway, so we'll just say New Zealand, although a little bit clunky, the, the clash, if they do make it through to Australia, oh my God, it is it is going to be a clash for the ages. I still think Australia has a little bit of class. Um, I think that the, the, real, the real point of difference, the scary point of difference for New Zealand is their forward pack because it's a, it's a motherfucker. It is a motherfucker. So uh, there's not much difference separating them. Um, now, quickly on to England versus Greece. <clears throat> um, look, England, wow. Wow. We, we talk, what did we speak about last week? We said we need them to be ruthless. We, we can't, you can't afford to be rolling into the quarterfinals, letting you know, lower-tier teams put in 12, 16, or, or whatever it is on you. And they responded. They did exactly that. They came out. They were ruthless. Now, I will say, I still believe there's a little bit of a class difference between New Zealand, Australia, and England. But if they can, when it comes to like everything they can do, like everything they can possibly do to be the best they can be, I feel like England are doing it. Like I feel like every player is playing nearly as good as they can play. And they're just getting closer and closer to the standard of Australia and New Zealand. And, and I know like English are listening. They'll be like, you serious? Like we only lost six nil last world cup to Australia in a world cup final. But I just think that we were probably guilty of underestimating England coming into this, this world cup. And I think that proved, well, they personally, I can't speak for Guru or Timmy personally. I think they've proven me uh, not wrong, but they've definitely gone better than I expected them to go. Um, there's absolutely no denying in my opinion that they're in a, they're a top three side in the world cup currently. Whereas coming into the World Cup, I think most people would have had them fourth or fifth even, um, maybe even sixth. Uh, so they've proven a lot of people wrong, including myself, I guess. Um, and I think that guys like Dominic Young, wow. And also like little things. So they bring on their kind of like um, Mark Schneid. He's like essentially one behind George Williams. He was arguably man of the match. And I just think that yesteryear, did England have that kind of depth? I don't know if they did. Like, they could just bring someone in and then put 94 points on. Like, they were usually – their first 13 was pretty strong and then outside of that was a little bit – so I really think – I like what I'm seeing in England. I really think that they're improving. I think that – put it this way, in four years' time, rolling into the World Cup, 
I will be surprised if they're not very close to Australian standard. That's how much progress I feel like they're making. Guru, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I think the beauty of it is that, you know, the vast majority of the guys that we're watching for England, they are young guys. So, like, you, you almost feel like if it's not this World Cup, you feel like the next one, they could really give it a shake. Because those guys that are 23, 24 now, four years' time, you're 27, you're 28, you come into the peak of, the, of your career, you get a new bunch of young guys coming in as well. So I'm really excited for them. I'm very keen to see next week where I'm assuming they'll play uh, Papua New Guinea, who, who I think have been really good throughout this competition. I think they lost their first game, and I thought to Tonga, I thought they were incredibly unlucky to lose that game. I've been really impressed with PNG, despite them missing a couple of really key guys. And I think they'll really take it to England and... I think it'll be interesting to look back in three weeks' time and go, okay, did England go through the group stage a little bit too easy or have they just taken confidence from that group stage to roll into those big games? Because, I mean, the reality is three good wins. Samoa, you know, essentially didn't get off the bus that day. Gave it to France despite conceding a couple of tries and then had a training run against this Greek side. I just, I wonder if it is maybe not the greatest preparation that they need to take on your Australia, your New Zealand's, these sort of sides heading into finals. Yeah, I mean, uh, granted, it goes without saying, you know, this is when the real competition starts in regards to getting close to those top-tier teams. But I don't know. I can't recall an England side being this dominant um, through the the group stages. Uh, Again, you know, maybe you could talk about the 90s and that. I don't know much about the 90s um, in regards to World Cup footy. But I just think that, like, it's, it's very easy to go, and I'm not saying you'll do this, Guru, but like, oh, look at their opposition, look at their opposition. But it's like, but they did what they were supposed to do. They won by 90 fucking points or 90 or 88 points. Like, what else could they do? It's almost like the Samoa situation. They had a big win last week. They had a big win this week. Big win this week and all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, yeah, but it's against lower tier teams. It's like, yeah, but what what else, what could they do then to convince you? They're, they're doing everything they can. So um, Newcastle Knights must be licking their lips at Dominic Young, surely. How, wow. how improved is he over the last two years? I, I I didn't think he'd last 10 rounds when he started last year. No, agreed. He was agreed. all I over thought, the place. Yep. Like his positioning, his catching, it was like, war. this guy is way out of his depth in the NRL. And then, boom, he has been outstanding. What do you reckon about England, uh, Timmy? Yeah, I mean, they're going to be heading into the, the knockout stages with about as much momentum as a side could really have. And <clears throat> what's intrigued me, or impressed me, I should say, is just the versatility between players in the key positions. So for that, the game on the weekend against Greece had Makinson playing at fullback. Wellsby, the star half from game one of the tournament against Samoa, played at centre. They had Snide and George Williams in the halves. And the fact that Snide kicked goals over uh, Makinson in this clash, amazing goal kicker, by the way, is I just wonder which way they're going to go with their spine uh, to coming next week's first knockout uh, round because you've obviously got Sam Tompkins to come back in at fullback there, but um, I'm not certain of which way they will go in terms of Snide and Makinson and where they're going to play these players. Is it a case of them saying, all right, these, you know, four or five of our best players, find a way to get them in your team wherever you can? If that is, you know, a Makin- I don't think Makinson will play fullback because they've got Tompkins coming back as a skipper of that side, but um, playing... Um, Players all over the shop. So this is going to bode really well for them come knockout stages, dealing with any potential injuries, if there's any HIAs mid-game, any of that, they're they're very well prepared for it. Uh, And the one for me who's just getting better and better with age, and I know it's hard against some of these opposition, but 
Big Tommy Burgess has been wonderful for them. 49 minutes, 12 tackle bars, a pair of tries. Now, not looking too much into it in terms of Greece, but when they do get to these knockout stages in the bigger games, there's the mongrel in Tommy Burgess and Johnny Bateman, and I reckon they're the ones who are going to need to stand up um, because they're going to come up against some pretty hectic forward packs, and, and they're the two big ones for me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, in regards to another point of this game, Victor Adley went off in the first half. Mm. Mm. You know, their, their main lynch man in the middle or, or linchpin kind of guy, the, the all their attack around it. And I think that's also not really getting appreciated. They did this with, a, as you just alluded to, Timmy, a makeshift kind of not even their best side. I mean, you could argue that maybe only Australia has really managed to keep that standard when they bring in other players. Uh, like I think even New Zealand suffered a little bit when they moved people around. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's really exciting for England. Um it's, I think as well, I, I think it's going to put, like a lot of these English guys don't want to move to Australia, which is understandable. It's away from home. But I tell you what, there's a fair few players in there. If I'm an NRL club, I'm fucking knocking on their door. I, I think the period where it was almost like, don't bring Super League players over, it just doesn't work. I think after this World Cup, you'd have to say, Phew. I mean, again, let's wait until they play Australia and New Zealand for sure. But I, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be looking a lot harder than we've been looking over the last few years. Well, there's the guy that I mentioned during the season. He's linked to the Newcastle Knights. We got to see him the other day. Kai Pierce-Paul, big bit of gear playing in the centres. He could play in the back row or in the centres. Uh, he had a try. He had two tries. He went for 197 metres, two line breaks and seven tackle breaks. I reckon he's one that could come over here and be really successful. He's very young, so I think it's the perfect time to bring him over, bring him over here now. So hopefully the Newcastle Knights are able to lock down his signature because he's one that I really like. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.